the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. podcast how are you truth and advertising that man did not lie that man jason skaggs did not lie it's the nick d podcast in fact it's episode number 181 of the nick d podcast right here on the radio misfits podcast network the greatest podcast network in the world home of many incredible and entertaining and informative and funny and original and awesome podcasts that also you can hear 24 7 on our streaming service that you need to check out immediately You'll also hear some really great unsigned bands as part of the Unheard Music show. That's part of Radio Misfits. Uh, so you hear incredible new music. You'll hear incredible uh, episodes of podcasts 24-7. It's like a radio station, only a lot cooler. Radiomisfits.live. Radiomisfits.live. You can hear this podcast every day at 3 p.m. Central, and you can hear my other podcast, which is all about Saturday Night Live. That show hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast, every morning at 9 a.m. Central. Again, as part of the great 24 streaming service at uh, RadioMisfits.live. Welcome to the podcast. I am Nick DeGilio. Coming up on this uh, episode of the podcast, it's our bi-weekly visit from Eric Childress and Steve Procopi, two of the smartest gentlemen in the world when it comes to movies. Uh, I am part of the Chicago Film Critics Association, as they are, and uh, we've been reviewing movies. Well, I've been reviewing movies for, I don't know, Jesus Christ, like 37 years now. So I'm old and grumpy and I hate everything, but then the stuff I like, nobody else likes, and I don't give a shit. Anyway, Eric and, uh, and Steve are going to be here to review the new movies. A lot of interesting, some big stuff coming out, and some interesting uh, varied things to talk about. So in a pretty cool Halloween-related month of movies that are going to be playing at the Music Box Theater, Steve Procopi uh, is the PR manager at the Music Box Theater and one of the programmers at the Great Music Box Theater, run by uh, a, a bevy of amazing, talented programmers and people. They do great work in the music box. We are lucky to have it in this city. It's one of the most beautiful theaters in the entire world. And it's right there on Southport in the middle of the city. And I go there all the time. I was just there last night. And uh, I'll be there a lot in October because uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it. But the Music Box of Horrors is happening. And every night through the month of October, which begins uh, you know, this weekend, there is something horror or scary related every night. We'll talk about that and all the new movies when Steve and Eric join me. And Esmeralda Leon... She's my buddy. She's my cohort. She's my partner in crime. She'll be joining me for our regular uh, visit where we just talk about anything, man. We just have a blast and we have a great time. And uh, Esmeralda and I are going to be talking about all the cool stuff, celebrity rumors, much more. And uh, you should probably get your tickets now because we want them to be selling and they're selling well. Get your tickets now to see me and Esmeralda live. On stage, up close, personal, doing comedy, making you laugh. You are part of it. It's the Nick D Podcast live, and it's on Tuesday, October 24th at Zany's in Rosemont, Illinois. Very easy to get to right off the highway. There is unbelievable easy parking. You get it validated. 
And uh, it's part of the entertainment complex, Zanies and Rosemont, right there. There are bars and restaurants surrounding it. You can get some dinner before or afterwards. It's an amazing place to go to. One of the best comedy clubs in the city. And we are going to be on that stage making you laugh your ass off while giving away amazing prizes and having great guests and all kinds of cool stuff. Again, the Nick D Podcast Live, this great podcast that you love so much. So tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everybody you know. Let's jam the place packed. Let the Nick D Podcast fans be heard at Zanies and Rosemont. Tuesday, October 24th, the showtime is at 7.30. The doors open at 6.30. Me and Esmeralda will be hosting. We're going to be talking about Halloween stuff because it's going to be so close to Halloween. We're giving away crazy Halloween candy, including gooey eyes that you can chew on while we're up on stage making you laugh. You can participate in the conversation. We're going to be talking about the first scary movies you ever saw. What movies scared you? What Halloween costumes have you had? We got trivia questions. We're going to be giving away great dinners at the greatest restaurant on the planet, the Gale Street Inn. We're also giving away huge gift cards to Abt Electronics. Lots of great prizes. Lots of great fun trivia questions. You will be a part of it. You will laugh. It will all be recorded. and It will be part of a recording for the live podcast. And you will be there. But it's one night only, which means you got to get your ass to the website. Rosemont.zanies.com. Get your tickets now. Let's jam the place. Rosemont.zanies.com. The Nick D Podcast Live. Or you can call the box office at 847-813-0484. 847-813-0484. But get those tickets now. Tuesday, October 24th. The Nick D Podcast Live. And our special guest that night is the wonderful, the amazing Andrea Darlis, one of the broadcast legends in this city. I love her. We worked for many, many, many years together at the Stupid Car Wash WGN. She is now part of WLS. She has her own podcast, and she appears on the Steve Cochran Show, the best morning drive show in the city by far. And I appear on that show regularly as well, and so does Andrea. Andrea Darlis is going to be our host, is our, is our guest. I can't wait to talk to her. I've never actually sat down and interviewed Andrea. So this is going to be a real treat. It'll be me. Andrea and Esmeralda on the same stage. It'll be me, an ugly dude, and two lovely women who are both incredibly talented and incredibly funny and incredibly entertaining. And you will be a part of the audience. So there you go. The great Andrea Darlis. I know you're a fan, which means you got to get your tickets now. You get to meet her, and we'll hang out and do some questions. It'll be funny. You'll eat some Halloween candy. We'll laugh our asses off. We'll talk about scary stuff. We'll give away prizes. My dad is going to close the show with three jokes. What more do you need in life? My 82-year-old father will get up on stage, and he kills every single time he closes our podcast shows. So he's going to tell jokes live. Esmeralda will be there. I'll be there. Andrea Darlis will be there. We're giving away cool prizes, talking Halloween. Ah, it's going to be great. It's going to be an incredible night. It's one night only. This is your only chance to see this specific show. One night only. So get your ass to Zanies in Rosemont on Tuesday, October 24th for the Nick D Podcast. Showtime at 7.30. Tickets are on sale now. Get them now. Rosemont.zanies.com. Rosemont.zanies.com. So that's all coming up. Hey, uh, this podcast would not exist without the great Ed Silla and everybody at Radio Misfits, the greatest podcast network in the world. My thanks to Jason Skaggs for doing all the music and the sound and the themes and the weirdness. Take your time to rate and review this podcast on every platform. We want your conversations, which means we want you to call. We have a voicemail system set up specifically for you. We want to hear from you right now. 24-7, it's open. 773-417-6948. Again, anytime you want, leave a voicemail with your contributions and your suggestions and your thoughts. Anything you want to say, we want to hear it 24-7-773-417-6948. Or drop us an email with anything you want, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. So that's the Nick D Podcast. By the way, if you would like to sponsor 
uh, uh, anything on this podcast if you want to advertise with us. A lot of people listen to this podcast. It's shocking, I know, but a ton of people listen to this podcast. You got something you want to advertise? You want to be a sponsor? It'll help you. I'm telling you. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Say, I would like to advertise. I would like to be a sponsor. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. And, uh, oh, look at how much she loves sales at RadioMisfits.com. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. She's wearing a Zanies in Rosemont t-shirt getting ready for October 24th for the Nick D Podcast Live, as you should, too. Get your tickets now. (laughs) Yes, Rosemont.Zanies.com. All righty, then. We are going to kick off the show with movie reviews with Eric and Steve. Uh, But first, you should check this out immediately. Hey there. Are you tired of that same old, the same old stories? Well, buckle up because Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Yeah, that's right. Brian Alaspa's Devoured is about to take you on a wild ride. St. Louis is teetering on the edge with riots, unrest, and the mayor's downright stubborn insistence that the 4th of July must go on. But don't tell that to public safety manager Logan Field. He's got problems bigger than the most overcooked barbecue. With a deadly attack, a missing boy, and mysterious events that make your Aunt Sally's ghost stories look like a fairy tale, something sinister is brewing in the city. Logan's at his wit's end. The only help he can find is a struggling hunter and a professor who's a whiz with ancient evils. It sounds like the start of a bad joke, right? But there's nothing funny about what's awakening in St. Louis. So join the race against time as this unlikely trio faces down an evil as old as time itself. Think your commute's tough? Try saving a city from being, you guessed it, devoured. Brian Alaspa's Devoured will have you laughing and gasping and frantically flipping pages. So grab some popcorn, turn down those lights, and dive into a world where saving the city just might be the craziest 4th of July ever. And trust us, it's more exciting than a sparkler, and the only thing that might get burned is the midnight oil as you read till dawn. Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Thrilling, chilling, and the perfect way to spice up your summer. It's available now in paperback. For Kindle exclusively through Amazon.com, Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D Podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jackoff. And, of course, that generic movie of the week music. That, by the way, is from the ABC movie of the week. That's the theme from the ABC movie of the week, and people who were wondering about what that was, but that's where that comes from. Uh, and But that sound means that we're going to be talking about movies. Eric Childress and Steve Procopio are a couple of great movie critics who have been reviewing uh, movies with me for a very long time. Uh, and uh, we do it every other uh, Friday on the program here. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk some movies. So let's say hello to uh, Eric Childress. Hi, Eric. Hello. And Steve Procopi. Hello, Steve. Hello there. All right. Hey, welcome. And Steve, by the way, just got back from Austin, Texas, a place where you spent a significant amount of time. Um, yeah. And uh, you were at the, what the hell is it, Fantastic Fest, right? Yes, exactly. All right. Uh, was it fun? Did you have a good time? Yeah. It was a total blast. Uh, I haven't actually, I haven't actually gone to this festival in about 10 years. 
uh, and then I haven't been to Austin in about six years. So it was it was quite the emotional journey as well as an exhausting but very fun experience watching a bunch of genre films. So, very yeah, cool. it was great. Very, very, very cool. All right, cool. Uh, and if I remember correctly, one of your uh, posts said that you were eating a, a salad sitting next to Malcolm McDowell or something. No, a, while Caesar, watching. a Caesar salad. Caesar salad. Next to Malcolm, a a, a Caesar salad during Caligula. So during Caligula. That, yeah. I don't know how anybody. <laughs> I'm not sure how anybody can fucking eat during that movie, but uh, especially, especially with that dressing. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember I snuck into the Davis to see that movie. I because I, uh, I knew a, a back way into the Davis Theater. Hmm. And uh, I was when it first ran, when it when it got released in whatever it was, 1980, in the beginning of 1980 or the end of yeah. 1979. Uh, I knew how to get into the Davis Theater because I'd been going to that theater for so many years, and it was still a dump at that time. Um, and I, you know, and, and I knew how to kick open the back door and prop it open, so I got in because they wouldn't let you in. It was people over 18, huh. so I saw I saw Caligula at the Davis. I had to sit in the front row because it was packed. Um, <laughs> and man, that movie's a piece of shit. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah. I, I will say this about this. This is a completely reconstructed version. The entirety of the film is made up of scenes that are not... Well, how can I put this? It's not just like a restoration. They basically had access to 90 hours of footage, unused footage, and they reconstructed the movie out of that footage. So not a frame of this movie is what was in the original film. Yeah. Well, the original film was that, that, that it's a Tinto Brass movie, and then Guccione mm -hmm. bought it, and then he put in a whole bunch of porn, and it was terrible, and it was and everything. I realize the porn is out. The porn is gone. No, no, no. I know it's but Gucci. It's still, but it's still a Tinto Brass movie, so it's right. still It's still Tinto Brass. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's still Tinto Brass, but it, it has Guccione. Guccione was the one who really. <laughs> Guccione yeah. is the one who really came in and fucking added all the all the ridiculous stuff and, and and it's still but but I know it's like it's still you know but it still has the performances in it that aren't good yeah uh, so, <laughs> so it's it's not I, it's not it's it's a better version of a shitty movie okay okay good. yeah all right, yeah, okay. All <laughs> but right it's there three you go. hours it's also three hours long so God. this version well so. I mean the, the, okay the version that uh, the cut that I saw that when I was it was over two it was long yeah, I remember yeah. it, being, it was it was over two. Man, it was fucking terrible, though. I just remember but the guy. But the I, guy who restored it, yeah, the guy who restored it basically said that, like, for example, Helen Mirren is in about fifteen minutes of the original film, and she's in about an hour of this yeah, version. So, yeah. like, it's there's more of her. There's def, there's entire sequences that were never used that are here. Yeah, um, and it's still pretty graphic, but it's not. Yeah, it's not porn. Yeah. So no. And going yeah. in the back the back way into this movie exactly the way to well there you go too, that's so. exactly right yeah, hold <laughs> on a second. wait hold on here we go there you there you go all right uh yeah so no but i but um but i'll tell you what i was a fucking i was a a rock star at high school the next day when i told i was telling everybody about it giving them the all the all the gory details on the movie they were mm -hmm. because uh, okay all right all right well uh fantastic fest is uh, is over with but uh, music box yeah. is where is where well first of all let's do the intros eric tell everybody where uh, they can who you are yeah. and where they can hear you and see and all that shit yes well my name is eric childress and i have a two podcast one called the movie madness podcast that steve is a regular guest on every week we talk about movies as we do here uh peter sapzinski does blu-rays talk with us and i have another podcast called the friendship dilemma that i co-host with morgan geyer a couple weeks ago we uh, triumphantly returned with uh, uh episode on causeway and we are dropping a brand new episode this very day friday uh that will be available for everyone okay do you want to give away what it is or no yeah. Okay. I would love to give it away. Okay. What is it? Cabin in the Woods. 
Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Wait, what? What's the angle on that? Oh no. Okay. Friends. Obviously. Okay. Yeah. 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 There? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. That movie yeah. rules. That movie fucking rules. I love that movie yeah. so much. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, Cabin in the Woods, and that'll be on the next, and, and that's that'll be available today, so you can check it out. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the Now Playing Network, correct? All that stuff. That's right. Okay. All right. Uh, Steve. Steve Procopius here as well. Tell everybody where they can see you and hear your stuff and all that. Yeah. In addition to the Movie Madness podcast with Eric, uh, you can read my reviews and interviews at thirdcoastreview.com. And uh, especially during the month of October, you're going to see me a lot at the Music Box Theater where I am the PR manager. So. Right. All right. Well, you missed, Steve, you missed uh, um, uh, the, the, the seven-year itch. Uh, you were out of town. I did. Yeah, I had to miss been... that. I was bummed about that. Yeah. No, it was fun. It was, it was, it was fun. I, I'd, uh, I, I'd forgotten how uh, – I hadn't seen it in a while. I mean, I haven't, it's been a few years since I've seen it, but I've forgotten how hilarious Tom Ewell is in that movie. He's fucking uh-huh. hilarious in that movie. And how, how utterly charming Marilyn Monroe is in that. My God. Uh, yeah. Here's another thing that, I, that, uh, that is interesting that I guess I forgot. Do you know that there is not a full body shot of her on the, on the subway grate in that movie? It's either, uh, it's either, uh, it's, it's either the, the lower half of her body or the top mm. half of her body in a shot. There is not one long shot, one even medium mm. angle shot of her full body standing on that grate. In the yeah, movie. that makes sense. It's really That's crazy because it. because yeah. that image that image is so iconic of her you know her whole body. I mean shit. There right. was a giant statue outside a Tribune building of that, right. but like yeah. you don't see her full image. Like I was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. There's not one. There's not a shot of her entire body. It's not. It's either the bottom half or the top half of her body. And I didn't even realize that until I was watching it on Sunday. I was like, holy shit. This like iconic image is not actually in the movie. It's not well, the image the, the image isn't in the movie, but the, I mean the publicity stills are what got people yeah. <laughs> to get interested. Yeah, yeah. there were publicity shots of her. No, I know, body, yeah. I know, I realize yeah, yeah. that, but uh, but I expect yeah. I, I I totally forgotten that that shot's not in the hmm. film. It's wow. just a close up of her lower half or a close up of her top half. It's crazy. Anyway, hmm. but it was fun, and uh, and I'm really excited about this Sunday, uh, which is uh, the Cairo uh, five uh, five graves to Cairo. Five graves yeah. to Cairo. I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, so, same. Uh, that ex- that that ex- are you doing the intro for that one, Steve? Not for that one, uh, okay. but I will be for the next week, the last one in the series for um, Style Like Seventeen. Style Like Seventeen, yeah. yeah. Which I'll be there, and then I'm staying for uh, Caligare uh, mm-hmm. afterwards, which is going to be great. Now, speaking of which, Music Box of Horror is happening in the entire month of October. In addition to having the big twenty-four hour. Uh, fest where everybody is in the theater sleeping and smelling bad all weekend long. <laughs> um, every night during the entire month of October, there is something cool or something special or a screening of some kind happening for the entire month of October. Uh, a couple of the highlights for me: I'm, this Monday, I'm going to see the, I'm going to see the Changeling, um, 35 with George C. Scott, one of the best ghost movies ever made. A scariest shit movie if you've never seen it. You guys seen that movie, haven't you? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's f- so fucking good. Uh, so good. And until Hereditary came out, the scariest seance scene in film history. Until Hereditary <laughs> came out. Um, and then I'm going to Near Dark on Thursday in 35. I wouldn't miss that for the world. Um, a Young Frankenstein is part of this. As I mentioned, Caligari. Uh, Vampire Lovers is part of it. And so many other ones. You guys are doing like a horror movie uh, every night in October. Are, are, yeah. are there are there other ones, Steve, that you're looking forward to? That, that you um, Yeah, well, first of all, we should mention, this: the, the actual, in case you're looking it up on the website of the Music Box, it's called The Bride of Music Box of Horror. Oh, okay. That's the all official right. name of the whole month. And by the way, it's sponsored uh, by Shudder. I want to mention Shudder. Shudder. Oh, yeah. They do a great sure. job. Yep. 
I I wasn't as interested in the uh, screening that we're doing next Friday of The Crow until I found out that Bai Ling was going to be there for a QA. and a I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God, that's going to be crazy. I'm especially excited that our our staff members have are coming back with their William Castle uh, oh, yeah. special for the Tingler. Two I talked shows to him, of the Tingler. I saw the I saw Matt last night and he was telling me all about it. So it should yeah. be it should be great. Yeah. Uh I'm excited actually we're we're doing um uh, I think it's an and technically an anniversary screening of your next uh yeah. that, that at the very mm-hmm. least Simon Barrett will be there. Uh there there might be other guests as well. Uh a few of these screenings are actually in conjunction with the Chicago International yeah. Film Festival. Yeah. So one of the ones they're playing is called Late Night with the Devil. David Dusmalchin is going to be there mm-hmm. um, with that. That's a film that he acts in. I don't think it has a distributor yet, but Eric and I have both seen it. I think we both recommend it, right, Eric? I can't oh, remember. I think big, I think it's yeah, one of yeah. the best horror movies of the year. And David's going to be there, and that's always a treat yeah, yeah. because he rules. Oh, yeah, no, he's, he's going to be yeah. there. Um, yeah, he's a good dude. And I'm actually one I'm kind of excited to see the list was wrapping it. It's is a film it? I remember liking a lot when I saw it, and then it kind of just went away. It's for like no one really talks about it that much. Which, which one I, again? I'm sorry, which one? Ravenous. Oh, ra- oh yeah. No, yeah, it's so good. I'm not a fan. It's, I'm not, oh, you're I'm not, not a fan of that one? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> really? Yeah. Antonia Bird. That surprises right? me. Yeah. That's Antonia Bird. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I know. I should, I, should, I should like it, right? But I don't. I don't. Yeah. Wanna, yeah. 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 Oh, you might want to give it a shot again. No, yeah. no. Hey, what the hell? Yeah. You know. <laughs> but anyway, hey, listen, anyway, listen. Are... I, I sat through half a rollerball last night, so I'll give another movie a chance. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, please. Not the re- not the, no, 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 not the original. I want to make that shirt clear. Right. The remake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but there's another one. The other one that's going to be that's in part of the the Chicago International Film Festival. <coughs> a really cool, a really cool actress and a friend, uh, Claire Cooney, has uh-huh. made her directorial debut. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, with um, with a movie, and uh, and that's actually going to be on opening night of the of the film festival, yeah. uh, and that's what you you you, uh, you probably have the information in front of you. Uh, uh, it's a hold on, it's called it's, a, it's it, yeah, it's called we, it's, I can't remember what, it's, but Claire Cooney directed it. I got uh, it here. Uh, it just it, yeah, and and it's uh, but it's after the opening night film. <laughs> and it's at ten o'clock on the on the eleventh on October eleventh, and uh, Claire's oh, going to be called there. Depa- it's called Departing Seniors. That's Departing Seniors. That's right. Yeah, yeah. On the Departing 11th, Seniors, and and Claire's going to be there, and everybody yep. from everybody from Chicago, and everybody that I know is going to be there. So it'll be. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and that that's on the eleventh at ten o'clock, and that's another. I, I should also mention one of the funnier things that they're doing is they're showing Angel Heart um, on the ninth, and I believe there's going to be somebody there from the. Uh, I forget what is the name of the the Satanic Temple of Illinois or oh, something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, nice. the, the same people, the same people we had out when we played Hail Satan. Yeah. are coming back. Uh, they're co-presenting this uh, wonderful Alan Parker film. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah, spo- yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if I mean, you know, his name is Lewis Cipher. If you can't figure it out uh, yeah. from from there, there you I go. I did what? it. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So. Uh, the the Bride of Music Box of Horror, because you guys are showing mm-hmm. Bride of Chucky, uh, is another yes. one that you guys are showing. Uh, and uh, that all starts throughout the month of October. Check out your, um, uh, your, your, your musicboxtheater.com website for all the further information. All right, cool. Well, let's get into some of the newer movies. Um, the only one that uh, all three of us have not seen, uh, and this is really unusual because, Steve, you usually see every goddamn movie 
I'll see it uh, in the <laughs> world. I was in Austin, so but yeah. usually, but no, but usually in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so yeah. you didn't, you did uh, not see Reptile, but we'll save that for last. Uh, 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 um, yeah. But let's start with the big one. I guess this is the big one, right? The creator is the big oh, one yeah. this week. Um, mm-hmm. it, I mean, we none of, neither of us, none of us have seen Saw Ten or Saw X because right. they did not screen it for us. Um, nope. I will be seeing it in a matter of hours, actually. Uh, yeah. So we'll see it from there. But we're not reviewing it today. But the big one for this weekend is the creator. Um, and this is the latest from director uh, Gareth Edwards, who directed Godzilla in 2014. Uh, he directed Rogue One. Uh, he's directed some other really uh, interesting things, including uh, he directed Cruella, which I, I always forget. Uh, but Wait, no, is, no, no, no. No, no he didn't direct Cruella. Who, he did, he, um, that was Craig Gillespie. No, he, did Craig Gillespie, Gillespie directed Gillespie. Cruella. Yeah, yeah. yeah, now I'm getting them all. No, he did Monsters. It. Monsters, yeah. right, which is a terrific movie. Yeah. Uh, yes. So anyway, The Creator is his latest science fiction, a big-time science fiction movie. Uh, Steve, why don't you tell us about The Creator? Yeah, this is actually his first non-franchise film since Monsters, which was his first, his feature debut uh, in 2000... Ooh, I don't remember what year that was. 10? Okay. 14 was Godzilla. Um, 14 was Godzilla. Okay. Yeah. So his his visual effects effects background is on full display with the creator, a universe-building epic science fiction action piece set only a few decades in the future, really. A future where humans and advanced robots, just sort of generically referred to as AI here, are at war. Uh, To be more precise, humans are at war with robots because of an incident in Los Angeles a few years earlier in which a nuclear weapon was detonated, allegedly by an AI, uh, killing millions, at which point America and its allies decided the world didn't need AI anymore and set out to destroy every last robot. Uh, But in the Asian continent, many nations defend the use of AI, and so a full-scale war is sort of brewing between nations over AI and in what is clearly the early days of, of what could be World War III. Against this backdrop, there's a former special agent, agent named Joshua, played by John David Washington, who has embedded himself with AI somewhere in Asia, uh, along with his loving and pregnant wife, Maya, played by Gemma Chan. Um, when American forces known as Nomad begin approaching uh using what appears to be sort of this planet scanning technology to locate AI before long, a full scale attack begins with Joshua barely surviving while his wife and many other humans in AI are allegedly wiped out. Uh, years later, a high ranking general played by Ralph Ennison uh, shows up at Joshua's isolated home, asking if he wants to go back into Asia to track down a supposedly war ending weapon. Uh, Joshua wants Joshua wants nothing to do with it until the general reveals footage that shows that Maya is still alive and working with the so-called AI creator of this weapon. Um, so before before long, Joshua and a team of elite operatives led by, I got to say, a kick-ass Allison Janney uh, as Colonel Howell, uh, journey into enemy territory where he finds that the weapon in question is an AI that is taken on the form of a young child whom he names Alpha, played by newcomer Madeline Yuna uh, Voilis. Um, as an immersive, technically perfect science fiction work, the creator is a remarkable achievement. Yes, it plays homage or borrows from established sci-fi stories. Everything does these days. But more importantly, it kind of digs deeper into areas of like social criticism and the intersection between technology and faith uh, in ways that are rarely touched upon 
uh, outside of literature, uh, co-written by Edwards and his Rogue One co-writer, Chris Weiss. Um, the, the movie is especially tough on America's policy in foreign countries that we have like no issues moving into uh, and demolishing if they don't agree with our policies or if they have a resource we need. Uh, there are moments in this film that seem pulled right out of the Vietnam War story uh, with soldiers literally putting guns to heads of Asian children in order to extract information out of their parents. Perhaps more fascinating, though, are the ways Edwards touches upon religion. Outside of the title of the film, whenever Alpha uses her powers to control anything electronic, she kind of motions like she's praying or maybe using the force. I don't know. But uh, and and it soon becomes clear that the way that she could end this war isn't by eliminating humans from the planet like she's some sort of bomb, but by shutting down everything uh, that could make war and forcing humans to see that AI isn't a threat to them. Uh, Edwards understands that Americans have always seemed to operate best and most efficiently when we are unified against a common enemy that that surpasses like politics and AI clearly fits that bill perfectly. Uh, the film's real weapon is this is this young actress, Voilis, who is just the right blend of kind of adorable and helpless and wise and gets Joshua to forget his mission when he finds her and immediately want to protect her in the hope that she'll lead him to his wife. Um, she she's so she like immediately owns our heart. And I knew that there was a very good chance that by the end of this film, I was going to cry because of her. Her journey reminded me that. Uh, of that age-old question that about Jesus appearing to us today, and would we even recognize him, or would we just call him a dirty hippie and kick him down the sidewalk? She just kind of is that presence, and the film is is most um, a bold and spectacular intimate drama. Um, the scope of both the visuals and the vast storytelling is not just ambitious, but it also works completely. The film is going to be compared to things like. Uh, uh, you know, at one point Blade Runner, maybe Terminator, but I'll throw in a more accurate and I think worthy comparison to something like Apocalypse Now. This is a journey. And um, the one thing the creator does, doesn't do much of is address the AI question with any real depth, because that's not really like a philosophical discussion about AI is not what this movie is about. The creator is very much about human behavior and how it hasn't changed in hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years, it's it's you know we're selfish by design and destructive in its execution and yet this story of a journey that joshua and alpha take is compelling hopeful stunningly realized uh time will tell if it enters the lexicon as one of the great films of its kind uh but it's certainly one of my favorite films of the year okay all right eric what'd you think i saw a completely different movie than Steve did, uh, because I, I don't think this movie addresses just anything, any of the ideas that it purports to talk about. I, I find this film to be incredibly messy. Uh, I think sometimes structurally so. Uh, I think this journey that, that Steve's talking about uh, is not even really half-assed, it's sort of quarter-assed. Uh, there are, seems to be scenes and stuff that seem to be missing in between the fill in gaps uh, between where some of these characters are at certain times. And at one point I got lost in the time frame, even late in the film. I thought we were in a flashback situation based on John David Washington's hair. Uh, and it turns out we were in the present. So I, I think just editing wise, I think this film is kind of a mess. But I mean, just ultimately, you know, Steve talked about that, you know, he was ready to cry by the end of this movie. I was hoping to feel anything. 
during this movie, uh, whether it be excitement or, you know, caring about this, this creature or just being provoked intellectually with the whole idea of debating human versus AI. Uh, I don't know where this movie even stands on the whole thing. It just, it, it falls back on a number of cliches and ideas that we've seen in countless other movies uh, that we can, you know, we're, we're a step ahead every step of the way. I mean, I haven't seen a movie like this with this kind of scope that have characters from the top to the bottom that are just idiots. Like every single character in this movie behaves like an idiot. I don't know if they're just written that way or they're just uh, sentient themselves into a new form of idiocy. These characters don't act like people in these situations. I think Alice Janney is pretty Alice Janney is pretty bad here. Uh, John David Washington again is sort of proving to me that he's not uh, a leading man. Uh, because I don't think that he, he comes across great in this movie at all. The one thing I'll say positive about the movie is that the special effects are really good. Whatever Gareth Edwards' background in special effects, uh, it's one of these things where, given all those special effects movies we get these days, that th there was nothing there that I was questioning. So I was completely immersed, at least in that, enough to not be sitting like, oh, I'm just looking at a bunch of special effects. But I'm looking at humans, and I'm looking at, you know, human crossbreeds with these AI creatures, so I f almost feel like I'm watching humans, but I don't feel like I'm watching people. I don't feel like I'm watching anything real uh, happen in this movie, and by the end of it, I was, I was, I, I don't want to say I was bored by it, but I was frustrated the most of the way through this thing, uh, and by the end of it, I didn't care who lived, who died, uh, some of the Dewey Ex Machina stuff that happens towards the end of this movie uh, is kind of ridiculous. I think this is a really bad screenplay, uh, and I, I don't know what anyone has seen uh, in this movie because I saw something completely not good. Wow. Um, okay. Well, I'm with Steve on this one, Eric. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. I'm not sure what you were looking for here, but I, 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 I a agree. Good movie. With, I agree with everything you said, Steve. I, I think this is a. I will say this though. I think the final act rushes a little too much. I think um, it, it it you know it's it's paced really beautifully until that. Mm. Until that that moment that you talk about, Eric, that you found confusing as to where the time frame was, it seems like that from that moment on, the movie seems rushed. And I and yeah. I would I mean it, it runs two hours and thirteen minutes now. It would have been fine if it ran another twenty minutes for me, uh, because I wanted more of it. Because but I felt it was beautifully paced, and then it just seemed to rush to the finish. Now, having said that, uh, <clears throat> everything leading up to that to me uh, was fascinating and brilliant. I was moved by it. I think John David Washington is great in this movie, Eric. I think he's phenomenal. Um, there's a real heft to emotion to it. The little girl is amazing. Um, I thought Allison Janney was great. I thought everybody in this was great. Uh, Ken Watanabe, which you guys yeah. didn't mention, he's fa fantastic in it. Um, I thought the movie was loaded with incredible, interesting ideas, um, you know, about faith and religion and, and, and about relationships between humans. Um, and, and I, the struggle that the main character has, I found to be deeply significant. I mean, he's, he's a human guy, but like, there's also that weird thing where like part of him is robotic because he's lost a leg. He's lost an arm. You know, there's, mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of stuff that really, you know, there are a lot of ideas in this movie that are fascinating and, and interesting. And there's a lot, like a lot of emotion in this movie and also some of the coolest shit I've seen in a science fiction movie. There is a sequence where in, in this movie that is. Uh, that is not only exciting and interesting and original and also hilarious. There's a sequence where they're on this bridge and Alice and Janney is sending out these like bombs, but they run, 
but the bombs are like programmed. <laughs> they look like ro- and there's this fucking scene that goes on. <laughs> Best idea that, in the movie. It's it's fantastic. That whole sequence alone is worth the price of admission because it it works on so many levels. And all the ideas that the movie you know throws in about like humanity and AI and 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 faith is all like encountered in that one scene, but done with great humor and real excitement and really like what's going on. Like, like the ideas and the effects there is, there's this, there is a, there is the question of like one of my favorite scenes in the movie. One of the great ideas that encompasses what's really fascinating and lovely about this movie is there is a, there's a soldier who, who, who dies, but you're able to go in and grab the last moments of, of the person as they're dying and you can record it and stick it into another person, uh, you know, and stick it in the back of, a, of an AI and have that have the last thoughts of that person before they died come out. And it's a fucking horrifying scene where they first do it, and it's beautiful, and it's something I've never seen before. And there's a lot of stuff in this. Well, yes, it's it is. You know, you can't think of you won't think of you will not not think of Blade Runner when you're watching this movie. You know, and you will not not think of Terminator and some of the other stuff and some of the other things like even Rogue One. There's a lot of Rogue One in this movie, which mm-hmm. is fine because Gareth Edwards co-wrote and directed Rogue One. Um, so you know, but the the amount of originality that's actually in this movie, despite being inspired by a lot of stuff is huge. I was emotionally involved in it. I was moved by it. My only complaint is I just think the last third of the movie is a little too rushed to get to the to the climax and the climax is unbelievable. Um no, I love this movie, man. I think it's I think it's one of the best science fiction movies and and I just think Gareth Edwards is the shit. I think he's the man. Um and yeah, I don't know, Eric. I I I'm with Steve on I don't know, man. I'm with Steve on this. I don't know. Um so anyway, I loved it. I, I thought it was I thought it was absolutely great. So so anyway, Eric didn't like it, and Steve and I both did, and that's fascinating. Um, what, what's, what are no? What are the respo- What has been the critical? I haven't really checked out uh, the critical responses yet to it. Um, are, what, are, Eric, are you in the are you in the majority, or is there are we all split down the middle? No, I think I think most people seem to like it. I mean, the, the earlier views came out out of the gate as they always do. They're very were very positive. Uh, I mean, the, the consensus is coming down. A little bit, uh, yeah. so it's. You know, so, I mean, so I don't. I think it's going to be. I mean, a little more mixed towards positive. I think is where a lot of the reviews are, are headed right yeah. now. But yeah. I, I don't know how many people are as high as you and Steve are on it. No, I'm really big on it. You are too, Steve, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can't I wait it. to see it again. I'm me, dying me to see I'm, this again. I'm, exactly, yeah. I'm the, I feel the same way, man. I can't wait to see yeah. it again. I guess one of the Never best science again. fiction. One of the best science fiction movies I've seen in years, man. I just think it's Love. great. I loved it, man. I loved it. Oh my god! All right, well, let, oh all right, here, god. all right, okay, all right. Let's yeah. get to something all we right. can all we can all agree on, okay? Yes. Eric, tell us about Flora and Son. Boy, you really want to get the mood up a little bit? Let's talk about. <laughs> Seriously, let's talk about Flora and Son. Let's talk about Flora and Son. Please, this is the latest let's. Film. Yes. Yeah, this is the latest film from writer director John Carney, uh, who basically is continuing his sort of very niche uh, idea of filmmaking that has to do with. Uh, humans and basically our connection through music and the way that we use music to connect with others and certain parts of ourselves as well. He did once he did begin again uh, and did sing street, my personal favorite. Now he has Florence son, uh, which stars uh, Eve Hewson as a young single mother uh, as a teenage uh, son named Max, uh, who's a bit of a ne'er-do-well, uh, you, you know, petty theft and stuff like that. He's always, always in trouble with the local law and everything. And uh, one day she's walking home and sees a guitar in a garbage dump uh, and pulls the guitar out and says, you know, happy birthday to Max. Uh, But he's really not interested. He actually knows exactly what she did (laughs) to get that guitar. uh, And he just doesn't seem interested in it at all. 
Uh, so she decides that, well, maybe I'll take up guitar uh, and, you know, pass the time this way. Uh, so she does, and she goes online searching for a guitar teacher and comes across uh, a guy named Jeff, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, who begins to uh, not just teach her about, you know, how to play the guitar, uh, but what goes into making a song and uh, showing her how songs can you know, be different when played in certain ways and certain different chords and things like that. Uh, Flora is very flirtatious with him, which he's not that receptive to initially. Uh, he doesn't see her as a serious student, but uh, ultimately they their sort of their friendship or their courtship kind of grows. Uh, he's in America, she's uh, in the UK, and uh, so th there's you know, there's a long distance thing. But Carney does some really wonderful stuff in the film and putting uh, Levitt in the same frame with her, not just on the computer screen, and show them playing together and singing together uh, and talking to one another, uh, which I think it, it, you know goes a long way to establishing their relationship. Uh, meanwhile, she also has an ex-husband, uh, or at least an ex-boyfriend, played by Jack Rayner, who's the father of their child. Uh, he used to be a, mu a musician, uh, and uh, uh, she's kind of trying to maybe get him back a little bit or garner his attention by taking up this music and whatnot. Uh, none of that really came off as that serious uh, to me. Uh, she just, I think, she just kind of wants you know the best for her son and everything. Um, and then Max, all of a sudden, he starts getting interested uh, in music and trying to woo uh, a local girl, sort of uh, signs of Sing Street a bit. Uh, and then mom and son begin collaborating together. So it's just, just a lot of just loveliness going on in this movie. And that's what we get with John Carney's films. Uh, I mean, I think Once and Sing Street are up uh, operating on a much higher level. Uh, I like Begin Again uh, with Keira Knightley and Mark Ruffalo. I, I think yeah. a lot of people consider that maybe. I like this. No, film, I like that too. I still like it. But it's, yeah. it's a good movie and a yeah. good movie about people and music, and the two of them are great in it. Uh, and I, I kind of put this a little more closer to that level. It's, it's a lovely film. Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt has never been more relaxed and charming as he is in this film. I mean, I almost wanted to date him by the end of this thing. Uh, Eve Hewson, who has been making movies for a while now, she's never had a role uh, like this uh, to utilize uh, the talents uh, that she clearly has because she's very good in this. Uh, Rainer, I just love that he just <laughs> constantly just playing a fool in a lot of these movies. This music yeah. video that he shows the kid at one point is just a, is something. Um, yeah, and it's just great. And like even like during the, the climactic scene, just the way that Flora like yeah. shoots him down yeah, trying to yeah. do a guitar solo is right, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think like the, the ending of the movie did not sort of get me to the level of those others those other movies did. I think that the song is okay. I think the what it, where it kind of lands is kind of just kind of like. Eh, it just kind of like fades off instead of giving you kind of a big punch. But that's a minor criticism for a film that is just lovely to watch. I've seen it twice now. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. just it's a breezy ninety-seven minutes uh, and absolutely worth checking out. Yeah. Okay, Steve, what do you think? Yeah, I dug it. Actually, uh, it's Eve Houston has been doing great work, but just not in mostly on series. Like, yeah, she was just in a show called Bad Sisters that I know. A lot of people right. really like. She was in Soderbergh's The Nick. Yeah, The I mean, Nick. She a, the, the, the Nick. She's unbelievable in The Nick. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like we've, I, and she's been acting for 15 years, which I couldn't believe yeah. when I saw that. But, but I, yeah, you're right. I don't ever remember her popping like this. Like she's brash and unfiltered, pure Irish. Uh, the delivery, her delivery in this movie, just brought it to life for me. 
Um, and, and, and yeah, it's a nice counter to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, I will say those, those moments you mentioned where they're talking on the computer and then suddenly visually he shows up in the room with her. The first time they did that it took my breath away. Like I was like, Oh, I like that. That made it so much more. It, Cause I'm like, Oh, did they shoot this during COVID too? And then the, cause he's on the computer <laughs> yeah. and then I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. Oh, nope, they didn't. He just, yeah. he's just there. Yeah. Um, I will say just seeing Jack Rayner in a, in a John Carney movie reminds me of what might be my favorite film festival moment sitting next to Eric when he delivered that immortal line in Sing Street about <laughs> Phil Collins. Yeah. Um, so I'm always grateful to him for that. And I always watch a movie with him in it because of that. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's this, this, and, and the only, the only criticism I have of is the, the, the act, the young actor that plays Max, uh, Oren Kinlan is, at the beginning when he's being like dickish to his mom and i guess we're not supposed to like him in those moments but it felt very generic angry young kid sort of thing and but but the moments where they're actually getting along i thought were really sweet and honestly the bond between them and watching it actually grow and and then resulting in this music endeavor is what makes the film like funny and kind of infectious and just really beautiful so um, yeah, it's just about the connections we make through music. That's really what the mo movies, whether it's with your son or some new guy on a computer. Um, yeah, I adored this movie. I will say this. The trailer for this movie is terrible. And I've seen it many times because we're playing this at the music. So I've seen that trailer. It makes it look cheesy and trite. And yeah. Somebody yep. needs to re get rid of the guy that uh, made that yeah. trailer. Anyway, yeah. okay. I, I agree. I'll say I, about it. <laughs> I, I agree because I, you know, I've seen the trailer m numerous times as well, Steve. Yeah. Uh, because of all the time I spent at the music box, not getting yeah. paid, not, not getting paid like you do. <laughs> uh, but, but no, and and I do want to mention that uh, that Eve Houston is in fact uh, Bono's daughter. Um, yeah. And I kept waiting for a U two mention in the movie. I was like, come on, there's gotta, <laughs> there's gotta, because like when she, when when jo, you know when Joseph Gordon Levitt is like, who are your favorite artists? I'm like, if she says U two, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. Uh, but no, she doesn't. So they don't, they don't mention it at all. But it would have been kind of interesting if she gave, if she, if she like said, oh, that U two is a bunch Trashed of shite. Them. That would have been funny. Yeah. That would have been funny. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah, no, I'm, I love this guy's movies. I think they're great, and 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 I love this one. I. I uh, I, you know, like this, this relationship between the mother and the son is really the core of the movie. There's that lovely, you know, like romantic relationship between, you know, the, the maybe romantic relationship between Eve Houston and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which is also great. And, and you know, mentioning uh, the scenes where he actually shows up instead of just being on the computer screen, especially there's one that takes place on a rooftop uh, during mm -hmm. sunsets on sunrise. Uh, that's really beautifully handled and really lovely. Um, and that's all great stuff. But the core of this movie is the relationship between the the mother and the son and it and, and 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 boy the payoff is huge i really love the whole scene where she's like screaming at him from having the music too loud and then when she realizes that it's his music, she's like, oh, that's epic. And then they sit down and when they first start to collaborate, it's just such a lovely moment, you know, leading up to them, like filming a goofy ass video and all that other <laughs> stuff. And, um, and, 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 and again, you know, like all the performances, I think are really strong. Again, I can't Jack Rayner every time I see him, I want him in a, a goddamn, I want him to be wearing naked with a bear suit on. I'm sorry, but that's, I can't get it out. Every time I see that fucking guy from the for the rest of his life, he will always be in a bear suit. And he will always be burning. That's the uh, that's the always the image I see. But Eve Eve Houston is unbelievable in this movie. She it's it's a great performance. Like really funny and 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 beautiful and moving. 
and just a just she owns the film. She's great. And if you don't buy her, you don't buy this movie. And it's a great performance. One of my favorite. I mean, I don't you know, I mean, I don't know what the chances are for her getting recognized by the Academy for this. But for me, this is one of the best uh, actress performances of the year. Uh, I, I just think she she owns this film. She's great. And she carries every single move, every single you know, emotional moment in this movie. She carries it and brings it full all the way through. I was laughing because of her. I was crying because of her. Um, it's a great, great, great showcase for her talent. Um, she's always been good. She's always been solid and always been great in certain things. But man, this is a showcase for just how goddamn good she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the songs are great. The music is great. It's really, really funny. It's loaded with a lot of music jokes. And as you mentioned, uh, Eric, <laughs> shutting him down with the bass solo was fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, and all of that stuff. And that, and that actually, just in that moment, in that single moment, kind of sums up their entire relationship in the movie. I love when, yeah. when, uh, uh, you know, when they're having the confrontation, there's that neighbor right outside. <laughs> and the and the and the, and the conversation they're having gets really inappropriate, but the neighbor is just kind of standing there. And the movie is filled with that kind of stuff, you know. Like, because and and by the way, this is the most vulgar film that Carney's ever made. Like this, <laughs> this is like, I mean, like there's shit in this movie where I was like, God damn, man. I mean, yeah. you are re- okay. All right, this is like, and and, and a lot of that is he's using like the opening scene where she's in the. That scene is great. Oh my god! And it ends up the next morning. Hilarious, and it establishes yeah. the character so well. Now this is just beautiful stuff, man. This is this is you feel good after you see it. The music's terrific. The relationships are great. And if you like Irish, and I like Irish, this is full on <laughs> fucking Irish, man. And um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I love all this guy's movies. And it's yet another terrific movie from from John Carney, Florence. And we I should mention up. he he wrote the music in this yeah. too. So he's yeah. like, I you know, I guess there's. Oscar potential there. Yeah, I don't know, man. Songs. I don't know. I, I, like, I love his stuff. And it's playing at the Music yeah. Box. It'll be, it's opening today at the Music Box. Um, right. And I think other theaters as well. But you Other theaters, the for sure. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. you should check it out. I, I loved it. I just think it's great. So there's something we can all agree upon, okay? There we go. <laughs> all right. Now I think we can all agree upon the next one, I would hope. Um, well, I know, Steve, relax, I know, Steve, relax. Okay. I don't know. Steve, I know Steve and I, I know Steve and I agree on this one, but Steve, tell everybody about this little movie. I don't know. Have you ever heard of it? It's stop making sense. I don't know. I mean, what it's is pretty this? old. So maybe some people haven't heard of it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a, this is a newly restored in 4k, uh, version of, of the great Jonathan Demi concert film. Stop making sense. It's on the eve of its 40th anniversary. Um, obviously it's a, it's a live show or actually it's, pulled together from three nights uh, of, of shows at Hollywood's Pantage Theater in December uh, 1983 with the Talking Heads. Um, they were on their Speaking in Tongues tour. And um, it, it's interesting because I think when they when they shot this, when this film came out, the band was kind of on the verge of being pushed into something popular. Uh, Burning Down the House was actually like a top 10 hit, which was like their first hit, really. And... Um, so if you weren't like a fan of their kind of like new wave music or whatever you want to qualify classify this as, um, you you may not have really known much about them until that song, and but this is this this is this movie, forty years ago kind of pushed them into the mainstream and um, it's like I said it's shot over three nights uh, in December '83. Um, the the there's sort of a tension built as the as the show goes on because the stage is literally being put together in front of our eyes each song gets a slightly different treatment with different band members on stage and different configurations 
picture restoration of this is pretty remarkable. But I've got to admit, sound mix is kind yeah. of transcendent. And yeah. um, it was playing for, it's already been playing for a week in IMAX. I don't think it's, I think creators taking over all the IMAX screens this week. So that might, you, but it's, so it's opening everywhere else, including the music box uh, this week. Um, it becomes like the, the 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 film becomes sort of a journey that David Byrne has attempted to capture the spirit of in later works, um, including his remarkable American Utopia performance film. I mean, clearly Spike Lee watched this movie hundreds of times before he he did that. Yeah. Um, it always surprises me how much or how still I should say the camera is at times. Yeah. Um, I think it's during uh, Once in a Lifetime where the camera it's almost a single shot yeah. until like pretty deep into the song. Um, uh, but D Demi kind of returned, like he kind of, this was sort of a launching pad for him in terms of like a separate music doc career with stuff like storefront Hitchcock. And he did a Justin Timberlake concert film and a Neil Young. He did a lot with Neil Young, actually. And yeah. Bruce Springsteen, he did a bunch of stuff with. And, and even just like, it, not just concert movies, but performing, he did like Spalding Gray and stuff like that too. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. He worked yeah. with him yeah. uh, in, in um, ba, 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 Swimming in Cambodia. Swimming in Cambodia. So, yeah. 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 Right. So, so anyway, so, but the film is just like, it's, it's weird that it's so simple and uncluttered and yet feels incredibly electric with like quirky energy. Um, and I, and I, and I always get a kick out of the Tom Tom club interlude with genius yeah. of love. And I yeah. always used to think that was in the middle of the movie. I forgot how deep into the movie yeah. that was. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of just right before the encores basically. And, but yeah, I mean, there's, you know, arguments have gone on for 40 years about what the best performance is, but, um, but you know, and it's but it's it's it just gets it's so and I like I love that they there are it's not until kind of deep into the film that we even get a very clear shot of what the audience is doing during all this. But um, yeah, it's and and I should also say on a personal note, this was the first DVD I ever bought <laughs> uh, was this concert film because it had so many cool extras on it that that I'm like I have to have this. Like I don't even think I had a player when I bought it, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, it, it, this is just, it's, 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 it's one of the best, if not the best concert film uh, ever made. So yeah, that stopped making sense. And you should go see it multiple times. Yeah, like so I'm it's, about to. It's in 4K. <laughs> it's in 4K. Yeah. It was in IMAX and it's in 4K right now. And it's playing at a bunch of places, including Music Box, uh -huh. where you could see Flora and Son and then stay for Stop Making Sense. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Eric, you're not as, you're not as enthusiastic about this movie. No, 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 get that. Don't put that out. In the okay. <laughs> no, no, okay. let's not start some shit here. All right. Okay. No, no, I, thought no. Were, I thought you were putting it out in the ether. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. I was, no, I was just, well, you were making Phil Collins comments. I'm just like, don't worry. I like this movie too. <laughs> okay. You know? Okay. okay. Uh, no, I, but, but compared to uh, you guys and probably most people who have, are, you know, a huge history with this movie, yeah. I am probably more of a newbie to this not you know that i just saw it but i did actually watch it again this morning before we taped here uh but uh i like this is a film that i it took me a while to get to i waited i, I had a blu-ray of it uh when it whenever that blu-ray first came out and i it sat in my pile for a long time because i wanted to sit and absorb it and watch it and you know when i finally did i like i'm like this is this is really terrific but and then but it took me down the rabbit hole because of the way that people like you guys have talked about it for so yeah. many years yeah. about it being the greatest concert film, the techniques that Demi does and whatnot. So, I mean, I used to do a lot of reading about this movie just to discover like, what are everyone referring to just because I had seen so many other concert films. I'm just like, well, this seems like 
all the other, lot the other concert films that I've seen, what am I missing? And it's really it's the intimacy of of this yeah. and the way that he you know he puts the camera. I mean, the, the concert films have you know close up shots and stuff like that. Uh, but it, again, I think one of the, the the fascinating things about it is how more or less a it's almost like in a Jaws kind of way that when he Demi did shoot uh, a lot of the audience. Uh, David Byrne, when uh, uh, they were had to shine a light on the audience, so it completely messed up the rhythms of everything that was happening on stage because it, it they were feeding off the energy of the crowd, yeah. yeah, and the crowd didn't weren't responding the same way, and so they like they said it was like the worst show we ever did, so they just took all the shots out of out of the audience for the most part, uh, and you only hear them sort of ambient noise for most of the thing, and it put you on stage and like so it's almost like the the, the talking heads are performing just for us yeah the viewers yeah. uh when we're watching it like i said i watched it again this morning and it's just it's one of the great like put it on and it's i mean you call it background noise you can watch it whatever you want but just the music and the energy and the vibrancy of it yeah uh, it's just yeah. so yeah. wonderful uh, yes, I mean, yeah. Don't don't worry. Okay. I like this movie very much. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, yes. I I I, I literally don't know how many times I've seen it. Honest to God, I <laughs> I have no idea how many times I've seen it. When it first came out <clears throat> at the end of 1984, uh, I saw it. I saw it at the press screening, uh, and then I saw it. I don't know every weekend or every other weekend at the fine arts. <laughs> we would go to the fine arts. I spent. I don't know how much money. I spent at the fine arts. They could have built a wing in that building uh, with the amount of money that I spent going to see this movie. Uh, my friends and I would go and see it over and over and over again, and we would like dance in the aisles and all that kind of stuff. And 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 I've seen it. I, I don't know how many times I've seen it. To see it in IMAX uh, a week and a half ago, uh, and the god damn it, you mentioned uh, the the mix, Steve, the sound mix. Mm -hmm. It's un. Believable. I mean, this movie has always been great to watch and great sound, but I'm telling you, this mix is is like it's like it's ungodly. It's so fucking amazing. Um, and to see it on the big screen again was amazing. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I love it. And you mentioned, you know, the technique that 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 uh, Demi uses, not having the crowd in there. Although at the end, like, there's a bit, there's a lot of crowd stuff in the last like part yeah. of the movie. But like, I love the stuff where he's concentrating on shit that you normally wouldn't. Like, he if he sees someone like do a specific look. I mean, there's a lot of like, I loved every time the camera was on Tina Weymouth. It makes just makes me happy because <laughs> I just love I love her and I love like the looks that they have and some of the things they say to one another and all the other musicians that are on stage. Um, that are not, you know, technically in the talking heads are all amazing, incredible musicians. And the focus is on them throughout the entire movie. And just to watch David Byrne, um, you know, uh, at his creative peak at that point, uh, and the whole concept and the show itself was kind of his idea, uh, working with Demi on what they were going to do. Um, you know, it's one of the most creative concerts that you could ever see live captured in a way that no other filmmaker has ever captured a concert before in, in a way that it's just alive and it builds beautifully. If you're not like really, at least if you're sitting in your seat, if you're not like really moving in your seat during the last 15 minutes of this movie, you're not a fucking human. That's, that's mm -hmm. all there is to it. I love this movie. I, I'm a, but I happen to be a huge talking heads fan as well. So it helps, mm -hmm. uh, but it's the best concert movie ever made. It really is. I mean, just, if you want to see the best concert movie ever made and you want to see it in all its glory, it's in 4k now, Go to a theater and see it in 4K. I can't recommend it highly enough. I mean, obviously, this is one of my favorite movies ever um, and the continuation of a great career that Jonathan Demme had. It's really interesting, um, you know, to know what was going on behind the scenes when they were filming this because he had, he was dealing with Goldie Hawn and the nightmare that was 
uh, swing shift <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he was best, I guess, best known for Melvin and Howard at that point, really. And, yeah. you yeah. know, because it was before, you know, Married to the Mob. It was before Something Wild and all that stuff. Um, and this was like the kind of movie that opened up the door for all that great shit he did afterwards. Yeah. Um, man, I mean, a calling card of yeah. biblical proportion. I mean, it's just... And I and like I, when it was over, I was like, God damn it, I miss Jonathan Demme. You know, <laughs> son of a bitch. And I gotta say, I don't know if they'll ever make like a Talking Heads movie. You know, do like all the backstage drama and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm watching yeah, yeah. It again this morning. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they ever do cast David Desmalchin as David Byrne, <laughs> uh, you know, what I, I would was love to see that. Look at this now. Look this up too. Michael uh-huh. Longfellow from SNL. Michael Longfellow from SNL. Looks yeah, I see where you're going. Exactly like. Yeah. In fact, in fact, I texted not to be a name dropper, but I texted uh-huh. Michael Longfellow after I watched it, and I'm like, dude, has anybody ever said that you look exactly like David Byrne 40 years ago? He goes, <laughs> yeah. He goes, yeah, I do. I get that a lot. That's pretty funny. He goes, it's better than Ben Shapiro, which I'm now getting regularly. Oh I'm like, no! What? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> so anyway, anyway, listen, we don't have time to review Reptile, but that's okay because it's not very good. Um, it's not. <laughs> It's not. It's disappointing. No. It's a great, a great cast. I mean, great cast. Somebody mentioned Justin Timberlake. He's in it. I always love to see Alicia Silverstone. My God, please. And yeah. Benicio del Toro. Not a good movie though. Not Mm-mm. good. So nope. anyway, but it just it drops on uh, on Netflix. We don't have time to review it uh, this yeah. time. So what do we got? Uh, what's the next time we talk? Uh, Exorcist? No, we're the week after. The week after. Okay, so Exorcist um, is coming out next week, and then uh, whatever's coming out that week after is what we'll be talking about. But. Nothing. Nothing. The Taylor, so we'll the Taylor about, Swift movie. The Taylor oh, Swift movie. Oh, that's right. The Taylor Swift movie. Okay. Which I don't Everyone moves. Scene. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Listen, maybe I'll have, uh, I'll just, uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll bow out and I'll just have Peter host that day. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let him handle that. <laughs> all right. Anyway, so, uh, mm. all right. Fun talking to you guys. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks and I'll see you guys yep. soon. All right. Sounds yep. good. All right, buddy. Take care. That's uh, Steve Thanks. and Eric. And that's the movie reviews. And here is Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Yeah, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, Esma, I'm talking about that Esma, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, Esmeralda, yeah, yeah, oh, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, yeah, get yourself some Esma, love me some Esma. Esmeralda Leon, yeah. Esmeralda. Yeah. It's time to talk to Esmeralda Leon, who uh, joins me on every uh, episode here on a Friday leading up to the weekend. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay. Looking forward to the weekend? You got anything going on? Um. Yeah, not really anything special or anything, just... uh. Doing some more dog sitting this weekend. Ah, okay. How's that going for you? Do you enjoy the dog sitting? Good. Yeah. 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 Cool dogs, not uh, not jerks. Mm-hmm. No jerks. No no dog jerks. Because dogs yeah. can be jerks. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's a very important uh, quality to not have. Yes. I guess. <laughs> yes. I've recently kind of uh, become more of a dog person because my girlfriend has a dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the dog likes me. I don't know how that happened. Oh. Um, but uh, but she but she really likes me. Trixie is her name. Yeah. And she's a great dog. Uh, she's uh, she's really great. And uh, and I'm, I I like her. She she gets a little jealous though. You oh. Know, because, you know, and she's like, hey man, uh, why are you spending time with Julie? What's the deal here, man? This is not. 
you need to get like, the hell out. It was fine that you came over and you pet me, but uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> why but, are you like, still here? This whole thing you spend in the night and stuff—that's not good. I don't, uh, I don't like, like that. What are you doing here, man? Yeah, no. <laughs> what the hell is happening here? It's um, not your house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but cool dog though. I enjoy, I enjoy Trixie very much. Uh, so yeah. Oh, I, very I, good. I spent a little more time with dog, a dog than I have in a very, very long time. And and there are a lot of dogs in uh, in Julie's building and like in her neighborhood. And when she goes on walks, mm-hmm. she sees dogs that she knows. So I spend, I'm spending yeah. more more dog time than I have in many, many years. Oh, oh, so there you fun. go. So uh, do you have a? Fa- I don't want you to pay fa- play favorites or anything. I don't want you to hurt any other dog's feelings. But do you have any other? Right. Do you have, do you have any specific? <laughs> you don't want to piss off any dogs. <laughs> you know, because they're it all listening. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I have a big. Da- you know, we have a big dog demographic. I don't know if you yeah. know that or not, Esmeralda. But uh, <laughs> but do you do you have a specific? Do you like one more than others? Are there some favorites that you like? Um, I think one of I would say one of my favorites, and it's only because I was. I knew them even before I was uh, dog walking okay. because of Colin. He used to do the dog walking and he dog, he walked this dog. Um, it's this little chihuahua named Junior who is. <laughs> I like the name. Yeah. He's very, he's very chill. When he goes out on his walks, it's, there's really no aim for anything. It's just for him to go out. Yeah. And he lives across a park. So we just go to the park and we just wander. Oh, that's cool. And then when he's ready to go, he's ready to go. <laughs> okay. Now is he now he's a chihuahua. You said mm-hmm. he's chill, so that's very yeah. un chihuahua like though. Chihuahuas right? are known no they're known yeah. to be kind well, of like annoying and loud, right? Yeah. Well he's older, so <laughs> yeah, okay. I think the the old in him has taken over and he's just like he's tired. Yeah. <laughs> he's tired of it all. Um, so he doesn't really bother with any other dogs, like yeah. people. He doesn't care. He's just doing what he wants to do. Oh, that's cool. That's very, very cool. So Junior the Chihuahua. Do you know how old? Mm-hmm. You said he was older, but do you know how old he is? He is. Um, I'm not sure, though. I would probably say he's probably seven or eight. Okay. All right. So Junior. Now, is there a senior? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, okay. No. Just Junior. <laughs> just Junior. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's interesting that you that your favorite dog. No, you know, I mean, you don't want to play favorites, but you, but but is a Chihuahua because I find those, and I'm, I, you know, again, I'm generalizing and I'm probably not being fair, but whenever I hear Chihuahua, I think, oh Jesus Christ, loud and annoying and blah, 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 that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. And he's not a he's not like like the little brown Chihuahuas. I don't know what kind he is, but he's some kind of Chihuahua. Yeah. Well, they have so many mixtures now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, aren't there? Na- I mean, I don't even know. You know how when when dogs like breed together and stuff like they have they have the mix the the cocker doodle and all that stuff. Right. Uh, right there's right, like right. there's like there are like seven thousand different combination names, right, or types out there. I mean, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of the dogs we have are just they're rescues that are just m- mixed dogs, yeah. so we don't know. People, yeah. I mean, they know. They're like, he's this and that. and But there's a lot of the dogs that are just like, it's a huge combo of many, yeah. <laughs> many types. Yeah. Trixie was a, uh, uh, was a pandemic rescue. Um, that, uh, that Trixie was a pandemic rescue that, that Julie mm-hmm. did. Um, so, and I, she'd already, I think she'd already had the name Trixie, you know, because she'd been around yeah. or whatever. And, and uh, so... Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, how often do you, do you find that people have their that dog was named or was Junior already named when they got him or? Oh, I don't know. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't I don't dig that deep into that. You, do, <laughs> you don't do it like before you walk a dog, you don't do a deep in, in, in interview with the uh, with the yeah. owners. <laughs> like tell me your life story. Like no. <laughs> It's like, uh, do you need this dog walked? Okay, yeah, that's it. Let's go. <laughs> that's it. That's as far as it goes, right? <laughs> Does the dog need to pee and poo? Yeah. All right. I'll. You, I'll, I'll all right. We're that's, good. That's Let's go. That's enough, right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Uh oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Oh, she has a chihuahua on her T-shirt. I don't. I, oh wow! Oh, Hi, I'm Carrie, Carrie Russell, Hi, and Carrie. I love Nick's show. All right. She works so, so fast. She does. She makes those <laughs> T-shirts. She's got that T-shirt shop right on my back porch. Yeah, um, and she's just so. listening, and she's like, "Chihuahuas." Chihuahuas. Just okay, I'll get ready. Quick, of that. quick. You know, we uh, you know we 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 ran out of uh, Nick D podcast T-shirts. Oh, we 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 need to do another batch. My friends over at yeah. um the, at the basement, at uh, the mm-hmm. basement custom shirts, which is at forty seven twenty three South Ashland, forty seven twenty three South Ashland, the basement custom shirts. Whatever you need, shirt wise, screen printing, uh, airbrushing. They're a tailor shop. They got men's and ladies nice. clothing and hats and t shirts. They're the best. It's uh, Ron and Jackie. They are a lovely couple who have. Uh, come out to all my film club events over the past years Ooh, uh, and they've nice. come they've come to every single zany show that we've done and oh, that's awesome um, i'm sure that they're coming on october 24th well they made up a bunch of batches of t-shirts and uh i gave them all away at flashback and gave them all with the mm-hmm. zanies so uh hopefully we'll get some more t-shirts so the nick d podcast t-shirts because they're really cool yeah and, uh you can check out uh um, uh, mybasement.biz, and you can also call 773-247-5559 uh, for, uh, for any of your T-shirt needs at the basement. 47, Very uh, nice. 4723 uh, th- South Ashland. So uh, make sure you check those guys out at mybasement.biz. But Ron and Jackie are lovely, but, we, but we, they, they're so popular. The T-shirts are so popular, we ran out of them. Yeah, and people love people love a good T-shirt. They do, and these are solid T-shirts. These are good. These are yeah. quality. The basement, the folks at uh, at the basement do fantastic work. So uh, make sure you check them out. Seven seven three two four seven five 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 nine, and uh, hopefully we'll get some more T-shirts. Uh, and speaking of giving away T-shirts at uh, podcasts, I'm very excited about the about the next event, Esmeralda. I think it's going to be so much fun. Oh, I mean, come on! One, we're at Zany's. Yes. Yes. Two, your dad's going to be there. My dad is going to close the show <laughs> by telling jokes. Yes, which yeah. is always a highlight. And uh, and Andrea Darlis is our special guest, old friend of ours yeah. from the Car Wash, who you can currently hear on WLS as part of the Steve Cochran Morning Show. And she has podcasts and she's had TV. I've never actually interviewed her. It's going to be amazing to just because I know her. I've known her for years. I've worked with her as we have, both of yeah. us, for many, many years. Yeah. But we'll get to know her up close and personal. Everything you've ever wanted to know about Andrea Darlis, you're going to know. Except when she goes, I don't want to talk about that. I'm going to slap you in the, in the face. <laughs> right. right. So, <laughs> but uh, Andrea Darlis is our special guest. Me and, uh, and Esmeralda. Like I said, I got the chewy, scary uh, candy eyeballs mm-hmm, that we'll be handing mm-hmm. out as part of the scary Halloween stuff we're going to be doing. Um, and my dad's going to come up and tell some jokes to close the show. It's going to be great. And we've got some uh, trivia questions. And we'll be giving away some dinners for the greatest restaurant on the planet, the Gale Street Inn. We've got some gift certificates. Ooh, yeah. Gift cards for Apt Electronics to get any of your uh, Apt Electronic needs. And it's all live on stage at Zany's in Rosemont. You need to get your tickets now. Let's pack the place. I want the Nick D fans to show up in mass 
Tuesday, October 24th, Zanies and Rosemont. Doors open at 6.30. The show is at 7.30. Rosemont.zanies.com. Get your tickets now for the Nick D Podcast Live, October 24th. 847-813-0484. Box office uh, and questions. But Rosemont.zanies.com. Look for the Nick D Podcast for Tuesday, October 24th. Get your tickets now. Bring your friends. Bring your family. Let's jam the place. It's going to be hilarious and interactive and fun, and you'll be part of a live podcast recording. Andrea Darlis is a special guest, and me and Esmeralda are going to be up there. And we're going to talk some scary stuff and some whatever pops up into our brains, as usual. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's uh, it's uh, it's 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 going to be fun. But you know who's not going to be? There? Gentlemen, Michael Bolton. That's right. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we asked him, but he couldn't make it because he's like, <laughs> we're, we're like, we're, come on, man, do us a solid. But, I think. Know. I think, you know, because we're going to be so close to the airport, because, you know, uh, Zanies and Rosemont is not very far from O'Hare. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we were all that, but, you know, he's he's tired. He, you know, he's, we're going to be in York, Pennsylvania on the 18th. Right, right, on the 18th. And he's going to eat all those York peppermint patties. Who knows yeah. what's going to happen to him? He's got to yeah. rest. He's got to <laughs> rest. And I know that we have to jump back when we're done with our... With our show at Zanies and Rosemont on October 24th, which you will all be at, mm-hmm. um, I know that we have to get back out on the road. Do we have to? Do we have to? Now, Esmeralda, do you and I just like to have to walk right over to Air to O'Hare and jump on his jet? Is that what's well, next? Well, um, oddly enough, I mean, yeah. he has an open invitation to his home to us. Oh right. Uh, he he won't be he won't be uh, on the road again until December. Oh, so he's got some time off. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so he'll be in York on the 18th. So right. will we. Yes, eating we peppermint will. patties. Exactly right. Yes. <laughs> and then we'll be in Buffalo, New York, on the 6th of December. Ah, right when the snow begins in Buffalo, because yeah. that's when they December 6th is right around the time that'll be accumulation of between 17 and 18 feet. Uh, we'll oh. be on the ground. By, by so not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not for Buffalo standards. No. Right. Uh, so we'll be going. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And, yeah. and then a couple days later, we'll be close to home. We'll yeah. be in New Buffalo, Michigan. New Buffalo, Michigan. Oh, yeah, he likes we'll be just, at the he, Four Winds Casino. So he does. <laughs> does it just? Does he only? Is he only doing a Buffalo tour? Is that? Is that what's happening? I. He tried. They tried for the two dates, and then they kind of gave up. Because they were. He's just like I only want to go to places that have Buffalo in the name. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, it a, went two, and then and then they just kind of gave up. They couldn't figure any more out. <laughs> It was not. Uh, they, it started with good intentions. It did, but then, uh, <laughs> then they you, were just you, like, "We can't think of anymore." And you don't. And you don't want Michael Bolton to get bored. You don't want to bored Michael Bolton. That's not right. Gonna be good. It's not going to be. Good. Gentlemen, Michael Bolton. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So that's okay. why he's going to go to New Buffalo, Michigan, right? And mm-hmm. then on the seventeenth, he'll be in Connecticut, and then Switzerland. But that's what? not till April. Wow. All right. So there's a big old chunk. There's a chunk. All right. Well, we'll and we'll we'll keep you posted. Hey, this is this is this is Bolton Central right here. Right. And I'm it's, assuming between that December and April show, we'll uh, just be at his home. You know, he'll miss yes. us. You bring Junior with you. What, you just yeah. Bring Junior. Oh yeah. No, Junior does, already. He's yeah. He's already got the invite. Are you kidding me? You don't Bolton, think they know each other? Bolton likes dogs. Bolton is a big dog. Yeah. Yeah. Junior is very connected. <laughs> Junior knows everybody. He's old. Uh-huh. He doesn't care. I love that's the way the de- that's the way you describe the. Do- He's old. He doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> that's great. Those are my favorite. Where they're just like ah. I know. I've I lived know. my life. I don't. But know. those are aren't those also your favorite people too? Seriously, right? I mean, are, they're unbothered. Kind of like, 
I'm like, what? Just leave me alone, man. You know what I mean? I love yeah. those. <laughs> Nothing bothers them. They're just like, whatever. Let those people live. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is whatever, it to me? Yeah. Who cares? Who? It's, it's like this. Who cares? That's still like the greatest line reading in film history. Is that? Is yeah. Like, <laughs> like, because you know on the thing it just said who cares. Exactly. In the script it just said who cares. <laughs> and Elaine Stritch and Elaine Stritch did this line reading. Who cares? That's the late great uh uh that's uh, the late great Norm MacDonald's movie. Um, yeah. That's wouldn't from, have uh, thought wouldn't have thought to do it that way either. No. Honestly. Only, only like, the if great I see who cares, I wouldn't think I wouldn't think that. <laughs> you you wouldn't your immediate response wouldn't be Right, that's, but she knew about it. She knew she's a she was a consummate professional. She, she knew Elaine what to do. Stritch. She was fucking yeah. Elaine Stritch, man. It doesn't get better than that. I love the fact that Norm Macdonald got Elaine Stritch to be in his goddamn movie. <laughs> <Just like, laughs> that's from uh, Dirty Work. Yeah, ah, the yeah. the quintessential nineties yeah. uh, movie. Well, Dirty fantastic. Work. That's also got a cameo. <laughs> I think I think so. Is it Dirty Work that has the cameo with Don Rickles? Uh, where Don Rickles plays the the boss of Artie, he because Norm and Artie get a job at a movie theater. They have a job at a movie theater, and Don Rickles comes in as the manager of the movie theater. I think that's uh, he is in it. Yeah, yeah, that's Dirty Work. Okay, so because there's another one. What's the other one uh, that shit that Norm wrote as well? Because Dirty Work is Dirty Work's a classic, and Dirty Work is where they are hired by people to do bad things for them because they don't want to do you know. They, so they're like a firm right. Like, fuck with people if you pay them. Yes. And Which, genius. genius. And the other one is Screwed. That's the other one. The, and I'm, I'm, this is off the top of my head. I'm not looking them up. But Screwed might be the one with Elaine Stretch. I think this is from Screwed. Who cares? I think that's from Screwed. Maybe we have to look that up. Maybe you can oh look that up. Oh, my God. I think I've Elaine never... Stretch... Is in I've never seen this. Oh, you haven't seen Screwed? No. Oh, oh, you got to see it. It's fucking Norm. It's, it's Norm. It's Danny DeVito? Yeah. You got to see Holy. Screwed. Yeah. I think that's the one. No, see, see, if you can look it up. Yeah. Is it Lane? She's, she's in Screwed. She is okay. in it, yeah. Okay, so yeah. this is Screwed. Who cares? Okay, that's from Screwed, but Don Rickles is in Dirty Work. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right, there you go. Now I'm got, Yeah, okay. Now and, and by the way, there's a cameo by Chris Farley in both of them. Uh, so, but, but like, I don't know which, I think I like dirty work more, but screwed is great though. Esmeralda, you got to see it. I've, yeah, I did not know this existed. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, it's Norm. I know how much you love Norm. And, uh, no, no, I love Norm, but Danny DeVito and Dave Chappelle. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Quite a, all right. Yeah, no, no, no. There's a treat for you. There's something to do this weekend with Junior. You guys can, you guys can watch, you guys can watch screwed together. Oh man. Yeah, no, it's a good one. It's a good one, but uh, but yeah, no that that scene in Dirty Work though with with Don Rickles. Oh my God, look at you, <laughs> look at you, you gorilla. When he, when he like, goes off on Artie Lang, it just starts going off on Artie Lang. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Well, if you have not seen for folks folks out there who have not seen Screwed, or if you've not seen Dirty Work and you want to see some great Norm Macdonald, the late great Norm Macdonald. Yeah, um, yeah. We were actually. Um... This last weekend, I don't know. Colin gets into like these he things, does get into and moods, he was just right. Yeah. yeah, and he was just yeah. watching one after the other video of a Norm McDonald's 
um, he had that YouTube show. Oh yeah, or whatever fantastic. it was, the Norm Macdonald show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, where he, where, where he tells watching... all the terrible, he tells all the terrible, tasteless jokes. Yeah, yeah. So we just were watching one video after another <laughs> of They're all great. the jokes. <laughs> They're genius. They're genius. Good lord! Did you see the one where he's because he tells like really? Yeah, they're pretty. Some of, some are not for the faint of heart. Yeah, um, and then there's a couple that were pretty like silly. They're very you know the vaudeville kind of like. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, for the most part, they are very. They're quite. Uh, yeah. Quite. Bl- I wouldn't say blue necessarily. Just well, they're. Very- some of them are blue, and some of them are really tasteless. Right. You know, like, there you like go. Real, yeah. my, my favorite, I think my favorite one, because he because he does it while guests are there. You know? Yeah, and, he, and, and he has them read them. Yeah, he has them read them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's these, some of them are just these celebrities that you see, and then they're just reading yeah. these. Horrible. Very, like, I can't yeah. read, like, I, I think one of my favorite, I mean, Jerry Seinfeld was the best one when he had Jerry Seinfeld on. Because Seinfeld yeah. was just like Jerry Seinfeld was like I cannot believe you're telling me I can't believe yeah. you expect me to read this. <laughs> and also, you know which one was also great? David Spade. The one with David Spade was hilarious. The, the couple of times he had David Spade on, but yeah, yeah. when he make when he makes his guests read these horrifying jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! He was a national treasure that Norm Macdonald. God, yeah, he was so great. And I still can't believe, and it, it's real. It's not a joke. I still can't believe he tweeted about me getting. Uh, my 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 plaque on the walk of on the walk of fame. He um, I it mean, was really him. Yeah, I, I still to this day. I mean, I the know. last when I first met him, he introduced himself. Hi, I'm Norm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like ah, uh, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it was funny. just a very casual like, hey, I'm yeah. Norm. No, it's like, oh my god, I know, also, no, one of, we know. One of, the, one of the funniest men that's ever lived, and and such a unique take on stuff and so dry mm-hmm. and so witty and just dark and funny and didn't give a shit um and you know um on my on my on my snl podcast a couple episodes ago i had katie rich on um and katie was uh, a writer on snl for six seasons and she wrote exclusively for weekend update oh, and nice. we were talking about and uh, i mean she wrote well um like the transition between seth meyers cecily strong uh, Jost and, and and then Che and then Jost and Che. She wrote for that that mm-hmm. period. Um, but we t- we've talked about uh, the best uh, and favorite anchors, and almost everybody to this day says Norm was their favorite. To this day, says that Norm Macdonald yeah. was their favorite. We can even people who worked on Weekend Update, even people who worked on SNL, were <laughs> like, "No, nah, it's Norm. Yeah. Man. Norm was the best." And that's saying a lot. So, um, but yeah, he was he was he was something. But yeah, that's great. Hey, how's it going, Norm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just would not stop telling those OJ jokes. That's why you got canned. That's why. They- yeah, we were talking about that. Because <laughs> I think he does. Then we watched, or we there's some other clip that we were listening to. And yeah, he's just going in yeah. on the OJ jokes. And, and like he <laughs> just was told. Like, won't stop. No, because the execs, these 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 higher ups, these jagoffs with suits, you know, you know, jagoffs with suits, yeah. as well, that we all do, that have no business making any kind of decisions creatively. Uh, mm-hmm. They were like, "You, you got to stop with the OJ jokes." I golf with the guy; he's my good friend. And then he just doubled down. <laughs> he doubled down. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I, um, I, that makes total sense for Norm. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, of course it does. Um, but yeah, no, so Norm, yeah. But yeah, you got to check out Screwed, Esmeralda. Oh my God, you'll love it. You will love okay. it so much. It's so funny. It's, and it's just like, I know it's like a ridiculous cast. It's crazy that that's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, but Dirty Work, you've seen Dirty Work. I mean, Dirty Work's a classic. Yeah. It's just oh, yeah. Classic. But, but yeah, when you see Screwed, you get to see this oh. scene. And you'll see the context. Exactly. You'll see the context yeah, with yeah. which that's played. Because Elaine Stritch is hilarious. <laughs> She's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Norm. Do you remember the first time you ever... Do you, do you remember, like, getting... What, was it SNL that got you into Norm MacDonald? Or was it... I would... Um, yeah. When he did... So the one I specifically remember is him on SNL. And not the updates, but him doing um, David Letterman. He do the yeah. uh, Me yeah. and my friend would um we watched the one where he asks, Do you got any gum? Yeah. And we then just would at any point in time we'd be just hanging out or whatever and we'd just be You got any gum? <laughs> you know, I gotta get you on my I gotta get you on my uh, on my SNL podcast. Let's do that, Esmeralda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because sure. I've had I've had people on, and I love to have people on to talk about what I normally do is whenever I have a guest on who's not mm-hmm. associated with SNL, just a friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I have them uh, do a list of their five favorite sketches of all time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then we talk about just like how you grew up or how you got turned on to SNL. Who was your favorite uh, cast, and you know, and then. I play audio from the five uh, sketches. Let's let's do that. Let's just make a date. Yeah, yeah. We'll, do, we'll do that at some point. Uh, we'll get you on, you know, in a couple episodes. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. I love to hear that. So yeah, let's save that then. Let's save that for the other podcast. The that we can do the okay. norm talking. But uh, <laughs> you, you, you got any gum? <laughs> yeah, we were we're dummies and we were just like <laughs> just saying that, oh, just oh, repeating no, lines all the time. Because it's genius. It's hilarious. It's yeah. hilarious. Um, and uh, what about his? You know what? You know another impression that I love that he did. Uh, two, two more. I loved uh, his. I loved his Larry King. I thought his Larry King was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but his his Quentin Tarantino is genius. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen him do Quentin Tarantino? I I I'm sure I have, oh, but I man. do not recall at this moment. <laughs> Go back and re- and refresh yourself on that. Just do a little YouTube wormhole. Google, you know, uh, uh, Norm Macdonald, Quentin Tarantino, SNL, and shit. It's funny. His Quentin yeah. Tarantino is genius. So, man, he was a funny guy. Mm. God damn, yeah, he was funny. Yeah. Oh, he was so funny. Um, I was watching, um, so on Paramount Plus, Yeah. Um, you can watch what looks like a, 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 a not all of them, I don't think. I didn't check as much, but you can watch a lot of the behind the musics. Yes. Even the old ones. Yep. And I, um, well, first I was, because I just wanted, I was looking for something to watch while I was like doing dishes and stuff in the kitchen. Sure. And I, I first, I, I saw they had the TLC one. So I immediately oh, went to that one classic. to then just look, look up for those two clips. Yep. Of Lisa, burn the house down. Yep. <laughs> and then when they do the math. Yep. <laughs> Um, but then I settled on watching the, because um, I hadn't, I didn't think I'd seen it, the George Michael behind the music. Yeah. And I was just amazed. I did not know that he was that quick with Wham, that Wham just immediately yeah. hit it big. Huge. And then his solo effort was immediate, immediately yeah. 
amazing yeah, yeah. numbers yeah. on his record and everything yeah. and the hits and so yeah. And then it, I didn't realize how young he had he, had he was passed. a kid. Yeah, well, I mean, when he started, he was a kid. He and he right. and uh, Andrew Ridgely, uh, and nobody ever heard from Ridgely again. Uh, that's from Keanu. Yeah, and they actually <laughs> say in it, they're like, they were still friends, but yeah, he they... didn't want to interview. He didn't want to well, be interviewed. <laughs> did you see the? No, did you see the the documentary on George Michael? That the the Wham documentary that was on Showtime. No, I, I think you not. might be able to see it on Paramount Plus because I think Paramount Plus is now teamed up with Showtime. So right. I think you can watch Showtime stuff on Paramount Plus. Definitely watch the the Wham documentary from this year. Um, yeah. it's oh. gr- it's great. It's re and you know I mean you know how big a Wham and George Michael fan I am and um, mm-hmm. I mean I lo- I worship the guy the, the guy and but this documentary this Wham documentary that came out this year is really fucking great like really great and uh, and it really is kind of a, a you know if you don't know how amazing Andrew Ridgely was and how important their friendship was you really see mm-hmm. it in this documentary. Like Andrew Ridgely's yeah. like not having a problem with George Michael becoming the star, like going, no, that's cool, man. You know, um, and they were, you know, he was his friend till the end. They were friends till the end, man. Uh, uh, so, but yeah, no, George Michael. Yeah. You want to talk about a, just a skyrocket, as you mentioned, my God, man. I mean, incredible. Yeah. The, it the, was, it's just watching that behind the music, just how quickly everything happened. I was like, damn, it's crazy, right? <laughs> it's crazy. And the, and the behind the musics, man, I love those. And I know that they're, they're on Paramount plus, man. That's a, there yeah. you want to talk about a rabbit hole to go down. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I can watch it. I can watch guys, The guy's voice. Yeah. yeah. Whoever that is. Yeah. Amazing voice. And well, I knew ex- like immediately because I was watching them and I wanted to, I'm like, are these the same behind the musics that I think they are? And oh, completely. Yeah. <laughs> that voice well, came on and I was like, yep. You know, they're doing new ones. They just did one over the weekend. Oh, um, really? Pink. Oh, they know. did one on pink. They did a brand new one on pink. Oh, okay. Um, which I didn't get to see, and uh, and but uh, it's I. My guess is that you can probably watch it through Paramount Plus because all the VH1 yeah. stuff and MTV yeah. stuff is there. But yeah, they did a new one on Pink, and it's the same guy doing the voice, voiceover. Interesting. And he's the guy, nice. by the way. They got him to do the voiceover for the more cowbell. Like that's him. On that's they they actually got that guy. Yeah. To to narrate the beginning so. of it. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't think that they couldn't get the guy. Yeah, <laughs> not like, too busy. On, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite? Do you have favorite behind the music? Because I mean, obviously TLC is amazing. Um, um, yeah, the TLC one. Uh, I remember watching. Well, the one that got me into looking into the monkeys was the monkeys behind the okay. music. Okay. Um, the mamas and the papas one I thought was quite nice because honestly, I I knew nothing about them. Um. What um, about what about so, yeah. uh, uh? Do you? I mean, Jesus Christ! Did you see the Motley Crue one? Uh, I think I did. I mean, it's all just insane. The amount of drugs yeah. and shit that they did. The, the <laughs> Motley Crue one is amazing. Uh, all the drug one. I mean, the Metallica one. Jesus Christ. The yeah. Metallica the one Le- was too- The Leif. Leif Garrett. Leif Garrett. Oh, they're so uh, good. They're so I mean, that good. one's insane because he yeah. meets that, that one guy. The guy that he was drunk driving with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, man. He meets him again. So that whole, f- you know, yeah. that whole meeting is. God, they were so good. Forever in the, in the TV history. You know, and I know you and I, this is one of the connecting elements that you and I have, is that there was a period of time where, like, I think you and I, at, at around the same time, you being younger than me, were watching, were watching all that shit on VH1. Like, I was watching yeah. all the behind the music. Yeah, yeah. I was watching all the celebrity rehabs. 
uh, all of that shit. The Dr. Drew Celebrity Same. Rehab. Oh, my God. And then the uh, all of that stuff. And then did you ever get into Mob Wives and shit like that? Um, Not really. I've seen bits and pieces, but I never got so into it. Yeah. Um, but I did. I did watch a little bit, but not I, enough to be like in like know everybody and, yeah. and know their stories. I, I, I got into the mob wives. I got I got to admit, I got into the mob. And then I especially got into the one that was here in Chicago because they did the Chicago mob wives. Oh. Um, and that one was fun because it was local. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And I mean, it's just shit television. And oh, I don't care. I watched it. <laughs> it's shit. And 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 I mean, I watched the celebrity and the the surreal world. You know you watch that, right? There's surreal life. Oh, surreal no, life for sure. All all those seasons, I oh, watched all of them. And you and 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 then uh, Flavor Flav with the chicks shitting on the stairs. We watched yeah. all. <laughs> what was it? Pumpkin and uh, oh, New York, right? Yeah, Pumpkin in New York. Oh, man. Yeah. It's uh, VH1 really, you know, used to be like the old people channel. Yeah. They really kind of turned it around with these damn shows. They did. They did, <laughs> man. And and I don't, but I don't watch any of the, I, I guess, I mean, I don't watch Love and Hip Hop. I don't watch Love and Basketball. Um, I haven't watched any of that stuff. But man, there was that period of time in the mid aughts, I guess, early aughts ish. Mm-hmm. It God. was when the strike. I think that's uh, when it came about, right? Probably it was at its uh, it was at its zenith at that point. Yeah. Yeah, because when did the oh, strike man. happen? The, the it, first oh, eight. one. Oh eight. Yeah. Oh eight. Yeah. Oh eight. Yeah. So yeah, 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 I mean, it probably <laughs> a few of those shows were probably. I, uh, yeah, I mean, there was because then there was the uh, whores on wheels. Uh, what the hell was that one with the Brett Michaels? Oh, whores. the Brett Michaels ones. Whores on a bus. He had, what, a, what? he had a few. Rock of Love, right? Rock of Love. Right, but then yeah. like. And they were like on buses. Shoots. Yeah, wasn't there? What there was like there was one, but there was one where there was like hookers on wheels or something, or whores on buses. Well, because he's well, because he's a rock guy. He was so on he tour. Had to be yeah. on a bus, I guess. <laughs> oh, the I don't know why the, they had to be on a bus, but God, the glory days of VH1. Man, oh man, God, I in uh, it was uh, yeah, behind the music the, and the Doctor Drew. Um, celebrity rehab. I'm trying to remember some of the other ones that they that they you know the surreal life and then all the offshoots on that. Um, right. God. Um. God, there were so many. It was, at one point, literally, I was watching everything on VH1, and it was all shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say this: they really, you know, whoever was doing it. I mean, good for you, I guess. Yeah, but, but I'll t- I will say this: good money. You know, you and I, I think, are in agreement on this. We watched all that shit, and it's garbage. It was shit, and I and I and I loved it. But and and again, that you know, I watched the the behind the music. I watched the celebrity rehab. I watched that all that shit. But I've never seen one fucking minute of any Kardashian show. Not one yeah. fucking minute. I've I've seen a couple, and they they are very. You get very angry at it. Yeah, I can't watch it. And I and there's really like I there's no defense really Esmeralda because I you know I watch a lot of shit I mean I watch Big Brother mm-hmm. three nights a week for Christ's sake so I'm an yeah. idiot I watch a lot of bad TV <laughs> but even I have my standards even a moron like me <laughs> has has Kardashian standards I don't know yeah oh um uh, Celebrity Fit Club oh yeah that's right I love Celebrity uh, Fit the Club Where Are They Nows oh, those God. were fantastic awesome man oh. Those were the best celebrities. Uh, let's see. They had the uh, Breaking Bonaducci. Oh, I watched that too. God almighty. 
which yeah. is so yeah and then yeah we we were introduced Awful. to him again yeah. Awful. <laughs> i didn't realize how very um prevalent he was like he was here here at the loop he was with oh, johnny yeah. and then like no, johnny kind of gave him a, a second chance at, no that that's where uh, he came stardom. back that's no 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 yeah. that's exactly right in this city was doing stand-up and, and working with kev and with john those were the those you know like uh, with Matt, with Kevin Matthews and with John. And then he got the he got the the slot on uh, on the loop when the loop was having that resurgence in popularity in the late nineties, in the yeah. early nineties, in the mid nineties, right around there. And yeah, that's you know this city is responsible for the second life of Danny Bonaducci. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. and you were there. I mean, were weren't you? You were working with Johnny. Were you working with Johnny with Johnny at, when, no. when when Danny no, was a not thing at or that no? Time. No, no, okay. okay. I was a child. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. a teenager. I, yeah. I wasn't there yet. God, Celebrity um, Fit Club, man. Oh, man. Yeah, Celebrity Fit Club. There was... Um, and then it... Well, it kind of got weird because then they would have the offshoots from the the shows like um, the Celebrity Rehab. So they had one. It was a series with Tom Sizemore. Oh God! Trying yeah. to like get his life yeah. back, and this was yeah. after he got clean. Right. But you know, it's still. Yeah. It got kind of crazy. Yeah, I remember um, watching that one too, the Sizemore one, whatever it was called. Six, because uh, Breaking Bonaducci was one, and there was something Surviving Sizemore or something was. Oh, uh, it was the, Shooting Sizemore. Shooting Sizemore, yeah. And it's yeah. crazy because you see, I mean, at least him, he had such a career. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's kind of yeah. crazy to then like see him on these shows. Yeah, and he he just passed not too long ago. Um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think I, I will say this. Um, you know, look, looking back at stuff like Breaking Bonaduce and and Sizemore, um, I was not sober when I was watching those shows, and I don't think I'd watch them now. I yeah. think I'd have I'd have a much um, more I'd have a much was... more difficult time. I was very sober, <laughs> just watching them <laughs> no. intently. Like I just, yeah. I they were fascinating to me. <laughs> no, and I and, and at the time, you know, like because I was I was a drinker at the time. I may I may not have been drunk mm-hmm. watching them. I was probably sober, yeah. you know, a lot of the times when I watched them. But what I'm saying, I'm sober now as opposed to when I was a drinking man. I think now I'd have an issue with I'd have a big time issue with watching them. Yeah. Um, so so they so funny enough, like since the writer strike happened, it was 2008, right? Yeah, around 2008, yeah. It was the last um, one. There, there have been a few, but the last one, yeah. Yeah, but that one was, everybody, everybody says that kind of credits for the the beginnings of seeing a lot of this yeah. reality well, TV, right? Absolutely, and game shows and shit started to, to make a comeback, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, And like, so right, like now, right, right now, Survivor is 90 minutes long, and so the An Amazing Race are going to be 90 minutes. Every episode is going to be 90 minutes because yeah. they need to fill time. Well, now, the writer's Which, strike is over, but they've got a Right, but the know, actor's strike is still not. Still happening, right. Yeah, that they have not um, come to an agreement. But, yeah, I'm, like, looking at this, and all those, the ones we're talking about, 2007. Yeah. And then it starts to get, I feel, really funky yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with 2008. Yeah, and it's you know it's Scott Bayo is forty six and pregnant. Oh right, and then wait, you're, you're the one that, that went to your high school. There was a there was a reality yeah. show with Peter Brady. I married a Brady, right? With Adrian, whatever. Uh, her name is. My fair Brady. My fair Brady, right? What's her name? Adrian Curry. Adrian Curry, yes. Right. Okay, because she went to Joliet Village um, High School, right? Yeah, and that lasted. Goodness gracious, that was from two thousand five to two thousand eight. 
Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. <laughs> it lasted that long. Yeah. Because I think they were in one of the surreal lives or something, and everybody was all yeah. surprised at how hunky Peter Brady was. Mm-hmm. Like he That's showed up, and people met. were like, "God damn, he's hot!" Like, like yeah. <laughs> Christopher Knight is hot. How did that? <laughs> how did that happen? <clears throat> yeah, no. The uh, in two thousand eight, the I Love Money show started. Okay, and I don't know if you ever watched any of those. I, I think I did. I Love Money. Remind me what those what, were what, the sad ones where it was like all the people from like Flavor of Love, right? Um, I love New York, Rock of Love, um, all of those offshoots. It was like a game show for the love of Ray J, and then they would they would pit them all against each other and right. do, you know, yeah, contests okay. to I essentially have, win money. I, I may have stopped at that point. <laughs> I think yeah, it was. This was I think the, I may have This st- was like pretty sad. Yeah, would, I think like, I may have stopped. Real bad. Yeah, I think I may have stopped at that point. I va- I vaguely remember that. I may have seen a couple of episodes of it, but I certainly wasn't watching it regularly like I was watching Flavor of Love regularly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember literally watching that season, that one season of Flavor of Love, where in the first episode, a girl took a shit on the stairs. Like, I was like, this yeah. is the first episode? Oof. This is the first episode, and you're shitting oh, on the Lord. stairs? I know, man. And I would just sit there and watch it. I can't. It's so mind-boggling. It's just insane. There's just too much, too much, too much VH1. (laughs) And then, like, and I was watching it because there were a lot of people that I really liked. Like, on Celebrity Rehab, Eric Roberts was on one season of Celebrity Rehab. And I was like, oh, man. I mean, those were crazy to see who they would get. Yeah. To to then, I mean, with Gary Busey just going, like, I'm not. I'm not drinking. Um, addicted yeah. right I'm now. Not, I'm, I'm yeah. just helping. Yeah. And they're like, no, you're not. No, no you're not. <laughs> you're not. No, you're you are not, a dude. patient you, here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, rough. St- I, I mean, but I watched it all, man. I, I fully admit it. I watched all of that shit and had a great time yeah, watching it. Same. I had a great time watching it. I know. You know, when we first met, that was one of the things we bonded on. I think we started talking about, I think it might have been like Flavor of Love. We are like, yeah. We started. Yeah. <laughs> all of those. I mean, and even before that, back in the. In the '90s, when they yeah. had the uh, band on the run. Oh uh, well, that's that was only one season. Yeah. Goddamn Flicker Stick, by the way. Flicker Stick played. Uh... <laughs> they played the Beat Kitchen last night, Esmeralda. They did not. Yes, yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> they played the fucking Beat Kitchen last night. I love Flicker Stick. I went and to see him. You didn't go? No, did I didn't go? go. I, you know what? I completely forgot, and then it snuck up on me, and I had other plans. I, I had to go see a couple of my buddies were doing. Uh, a couple of screenings that they were hosting a couple of screenings last night at the music box. So I went to that cause they were hosting it, but, but yeah, they played beat kitchen. The flicker stick played beat kitchen. Um, wow. I saw them three times, man. I saw flicker stick. Three, three Did they win? Yeah. Hell yeah. They, they won. won didn't hell they yeah. Cause them. it was, it was flicker stick soul, uh, soul cracker. Uh, soul the Josh, Josh Dotis band and Ugh. Harlow and Harlow. They were the, those and Harlow was the chick band. Yeah. Um, and and J- Josh Dotis was kind of like a like a weird little sort of Dave Matthews influenced jam band, and uh-huh. then Soulcracker were they were the hardworking cute guys who did pop rock, and then Flickerstick Soul were the cracker. right and Flickerstick were the drunks, <clears throat> and I loved and Flickerstick I was rooting for Flick and Flickerstick never won any challenges like they never sold the most merch they never sold the most tickets because they would get to town they'd get loaded. But they would win every battle of the band. Like they, <laughs> well, because they had good songs. Yeah, no, they were great. Flickerstick is great. 
Yeah, I couldn't no, tell you the other people's songs. No, oh, no, I couldn't. I mean, I know. I because I, I listen, Esmeralda. That's my favorite reality show of all time, and it was only yeah. one season. Shockingly, Esmeralda, one season. It 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 did not go more than one season. It ba- bands on the run one season. It was two thousand one. I I will never forget it. I used to watch it and it constantly. My ex girlfriend and I would watch it religiously and. And I loved Flickerstick, and when they when they toured, I saw them at the Metro twice, and I saw them at Double Door once. <laughs> and they played Beat Kitchen last night. They played Beat Kitchen. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Flickerstick, man. No, Bands on the Run. Soul That's Cracker. What a soul, they terrible sucked. name. They were assholes too. They and they were always like they were always like they won every challenge. You know what I mean? They were like well, they sold the most merch and they blah blah blah. They sucked. And then, like, Flickerstick would get into town. They would fight. They would punch each other. There were two brothers in the band. They'd get loaded. <laughs> yeah, they'd fight. Yeah. They wouldn't sell any merch. They wouldn't do shit. They would just get drunk. And then every time, you know, they would have to battle They would have to battle for their lives, they'd win Battle of the Bands. They'd win Battle of the Bands every time. I, that was the they best had, show I mean, ever. It was the best it was show ever. good songs. Yes. No, they're great. Flickerstick's a terrific band. Uh, and Soulcracker sucked. Harlow was ridiculous. Have you ever heard the... Esmeralda, have you ever heard the? Um, were they metal? Yeah, they were like they were chick. They were a chick metal band. Yeah. Now, have you have you ever heard David Cross's story about hanging out with Harlow? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. It's from "Shut Up and Don't Cry, You Fucking Baby." That album or whatever it was called, the yeah. the, the album that he did. He does a whole bit about hanging out with Harlow and getting drunk. And then having to do a morning zoo show the next morning, the next morning, <laughs> where someone at the hotel they'd answer your phone, where they're knocking on, where it's knocking on his door. But if you've never heard it, it's it's on that "Shut Up and Don't Act Like a Baby" album. It's a great yeah, stand-up, yeah, album, yeah. great stand-up. And and he tells this extraordinarily hilarious and long story about the night he got hammered. He hung out with Harlow, and he realized that he hated Harlow, and then had to get up really early for a terrible morning zoo show. It's fucking mm. hilarious if you've never heard it. It's hilarious. So that so David David Cross talking about hanging out with Harlow comedy gold Esmeralda. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, VH1, the glory days of VH1. Man, oh man. Right. But I think I know- they're still okay. I think yeah, yeah. I I haven't looked. I haven't seen VH1 on its own it's, in a while. It's not, I don't <laughs> see much either. But I know that they do some of the the love and hip hop and the love and basketball. They do that stuff. They've got right. all of those shows. Um, and uh, no, Claus is not on VH1. Is Claus? No, no, Claus is, that's not a real show, but they do have a show about, um, a nail salon as well. Oh, Uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, those do just, those do crack me up. Yeah. Um, like all the black ink. Yeah. Um, The, the, oh yeah, sure. Uh, Ink Master with fucking Dave Navarro. Yeah. Yeah, No, no, no. These are, these are, um. Oh, oh, Chicago Ink. That's a reality show. Right. Yeah, so those yeah. I guess they have a tattoo here they in do. Los Angeles and New yep. York. Yep, yep. There, there's one Chicago Ink or something is is uh, Chicago Black Ink or, or or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, you just watch it and you're like, this is the most unprofessional place. Why would I, I want to get a tattoo here? <laughs> and then Ink, I'm, I was getting it confused with Ink Master, which is the, the competition yeah. show. Ink Master. Yeah, what yeah. was the other one? There was another one too because there was Ink Master and that was Dave Navarro. And then there was the one with uh, what's his ass from one of those uh, 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 shit uh, Ink Master and then Ink shit. Uh, there was Bad Ink. No, is it was it? Because one of those guys from like uh, Smash Mouth or one of those. Uh, oh God, not I don't want to say I don't want to badmouth Smash Mouth. The guy just died. 
the lead singer just died. Uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> one of those other bands, a band like Smash Mouth, some 42 or some 40, whatever the fuck those guys are. Really? One of those guys hosted another one. Like a different ah, okay. one that wasn't Ink Master. Because Ink Master was Dave Navarro. I used to watch that show religiously. Uh, and then, But there was another Ink, there was another tattoo competition show that was hosted by one of those guys from your Sum 42 or your, you know, your, your uh, what's uh, what's the one with uh, Mark McGrath, the band with Mark McGrath? What the fuck were those guys? Oh, um, uh, uh, Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray, right. One of those guys, you know how they're all interchangeable? Yeah, you know, yeah, Maroon Five and all those Jagoffs are all the same. They all live in the same house and they all get the same. They all get their each other's mail. Those idiots, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, I can't remember what the other one because it was Ink Master and then something else. There was another, and I watched them both. Watched them both. So, hmm. uh, but anyway, yeah, the glory days of uh, of 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 early two thousands te- uh, reality television, man. Damn. Tell you, I long for this. Well, some people would say it was the downfall of television. I, I would know. agree. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right, Esmeralda. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Well, all right. Well, listen, uh, this has been fun talking about the classic days of VH1. Um, yeah. <laughs> make sure while you're hanging out with uh, while you're hanging out with Junior this weekend, make sure you watch uh, uh, Screwed because you will love it. I guarantee. You. Oh, right, of course. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, everybody, please come out and uh, and uh, Esmeralda and I are hosting uh, a live Nick D podcast. And uh, Tuesday, October 24th at Zanies and Rosemont, special guest Andrea Darlis, showtime at 7.30. Get your tickets now. My dad closes the show telling jokes. It'll be great. We're all going to hang out. You get some Halloween candy. It's, it's great. Rosemont.zanies.com. Rosemont.zanies.com. Get your tickets now. 847-813-0484. My thanks to uh, uh, Jason Skaggs for doing the music and the sounds and the weirdness. My thanks for Ed Sell and everybody at Radio Misfits. You want to be a sponsor? Advertise with us now. It's great. Sales at radiomisfits.com. Leave your voicemail 24-7 at 773-417-6948. Email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Take time to rate and review us. Share all that cool stuff. Next, uh, you're off on you're off on uh, on Tuesday, Esmeralda, because it's a it's the mm-hmm. first of the month. Mm-hmm. So Herb Weissbaum will talk about uh, consumer stuff, and Tom Pell will talk about car stuff on another For the People episode. Nice. Esmeralda, you rule. Thanks. Oh, thank you. All right, and uh, we'll see you guys next time on the Nick D Podcast. The wind is red on me.